0: So, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. This is John Murphy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. Casey Marr. Dr. Marr is an associate professor in the Department of Plastic Surgery, School of Medicine, University of Pittsburgh. She also holds a secondary appointment in the Department of Bioengineering, University of Pittsburgh. Dr. Mara, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: So I know you've had a long and successful study in terms of repairing long gap nerve repair. Can you tell us a little bit about your initiative and how it's progressed?
1: Sure. So this project was started about 15 years ago when I actually had seen Christopher Reeve give a speech downtown Pittsburgh at an engineering tissue growth conference And I was motivated by his speech, and he tried to inspire young researchers to think about spinal cord repair and nerve repair. And at that dinner, I thought, that is something that I would like to pursue. So when I arrived at the University of Pittsburgh, one of the first projects was nerve regeneration. And we have been focusing on biomaterial-based systems to repair injured nerves, So our research has been motivated by our brave soldiers who, on the battlefield, have good helmets, appropriate chest protection, but their arms and legs are exposed. So, for example, in the Iraqi Enduring Freedom, over half of the injuries sustained involved nerve injuries to the arms and legs. So, our goal has been to develop an off-the-shelf nerve guide to repair these traumatic injuries.
0: So, Dr. Moore, let me just interject for a moment. So, you talk about nerve guides. Can you please explain to so all our listeners and understand what a nerve guide is?
1: So, if you have a paper cut, you likely do not need surgery. The nerve ends will reconnect. And this occurs from your brain and spinal cord. The peripheral nerves are extending, so the peripheral nerves will regenerate in that direction towards the distal end. And a paper cut's a very small gap. Once that gap starts getting larger, you may need a surgeon to sew the two ends together. And once it gets too large to sew together, then you need to add a tube. So what you do is you put one end of your nerve a millimeter into one end of the tube, and then the other end of the nerve, a millimeter into the other end of the tube. And that tube serves to guide your nerve to regenerate across that distance. So if that distance is less than three centimeters, there are several tubes on the market available to clinicians. However, once that bridge is greater than three centimeters, a tube is not sufficient. What happens is the nerve starts regenerating, and does not see the signals from the other end and does not regenerate across that bridge. So what we've done in our lab is try to develop a system that will encourage the nerves to continue to grow across that bridge over three centimeters. And one way that we've done that is to incorporate a drug that encourages nerve growth into the walls Of our nerve guide and our delivery system is a patented system that results in a two to three month delivery of these drugs that allows the continual growth of a nerve over that entire bridge and so we've been able to show success in a five centimeter gap for example and now we're looking to move towards human clinical trials with this technology.
0: So you talk about the 3-centimeter gap. How long does it take a 3-centimeter nerve gap to repair, even with your technology?
1: So an average healthy person, their peripheral nerve will regenerate a millimeter a day, approximately. So 3 centimeters, 30 millimeters, so it'll take a month to bridge across that gap. But in the meantime, what happens is the muscles at the other side of that injury, the ones that the nerves are innervating become atrophied fairly quickly. So we are now working on a study that combines my two major research interests, adipose or fat-derived stem cells and nerve regeneration, where we have some pilot studies showing that if we inject fat-derived stem cells into that distal muscle at the time of nerve injury, we can mitigate some of the atrophy that occurs, leading to more functional improvement in the results.
0: The, the body is working to build the nerve on one end while uh, the same system is deteriorating the nerve on the other end. Exactly. So you mentioned that you are moving toward clinical trials, but you've certainly been in a long pathway to get to where you are now. So over that 15-year period, are there any major milestones you can share with us?
1: Sure. So it is a very long journey that we've had. So the first steps and one of the major achievements was filing the patent for our technology. So as a researcher at a university, there is a strong need to publish. And what we had to do is wait until that patent was filed, until we could publish our first studies, which we did. And so we filed our invention disclosure in 2007. And That is a long pathway to issuing a patent, and it was issued in 2016. That was a big achievement, being able to have intellectual property on your technology. The other achievements are this project started in the laboratory in in vitro studies with cells culturing on the biomaterials. And then with biomedical research, you move into animal models and showing that our technology was able to bridge large gaps. This study ended in February of this year. That was another major milestone. So at that time, we decided to create a spin-out company, which was officially started in August of 2018, called Axomax Technologies. So our goal now is to continue moving this nerve guide through the regulatory process, so getting FDA approval is going to be a major challenge but with the right team we can hopefully move this through the FDA as a medical device and then we can pursue our first in human trial of looking at how the nerve guide will regenerate nerves in the human peripheral nervous system.
0: So first of all congratulations to you and your colleagues for both the technical and administrative achievements. But As you look forward when might the clinical trial be available for respective patients?
1: So a year, more likely two years. So we've started the process of manufacturing these nerve guides in a facility that's called GMP conditions, so good manufacturing practices. We cannot fabricate these nerve guides in my laboratory in Oakland and then put it in a human. Instead, we're utilizing conditions that the FDA recommends in Right now, we're preparing the prototype GMP-manufactured nerve guide. So once those milestones are achieved, then we'll be able to start a clinical trial working with surgeons at the University of Pittsburgh in the Department of Plastic Surgery because they routinely repair nerve defects in patients. So I'd also like to partner with Walter Reed to recruit soldiers or, or veterans to the study as well.
0: So I gather from what you just said that it's not time critical when you intervene with the injury. In other words, it could be an old injury that you think you could repair as well as a recent injury.
1: Ideally, that would be great to take an older injury, cut out the scar tissue and the damaged nerve, and replace that with our guide, our Axomax guide. However, we had been developing it and testing it to be a direct off-the-shelf guide that would be available in the emergency room or at the military hospitals, for example, for after fairly recent injuries.
0: Dr. Mara, this is certainly cutting-edge technology. How do you incorporate it into educational outreach initiatives?
1: Our lab has been dedicated to outreach since the inception, and we created a program called ROSE, Research Opportunities for High School Students in 2002. So this program, we advertise by giving lectures or seminars to, for example, the Westinghouse Science Institute. We do that every year. Or at the Carnegie Science Center, summer bioengineering camps, and these students hear about our research. And then they're able to contact us and spend a day shadowing everyone in our lab. So our lab has over 20 members, very interdisciplinary lab, including medical students, residents, graduate students, undergrads, postdocs, research faculty, and lab technicians. So the high school students at Shadow Us have a unique opportunity to talk with a variety of people from different backgrounds and different career pathways. And they're also able to observe experiments, how to make nerve guides, for example, or how to isolate stem cells from fat. So it's really a very nice opportunity for these students to talk about their career choices with those who have already gone down that pathway, as well as observe some of the newer regenerative medicine technologies.
0: So uh, you've had an impressive program in this regard. Do you have any indication of your success rate in terms of getting young people to pursue a career in science?
1: We haven't calculated any metrics, but I know that when I receive an email from a past high school student who is then getting their PhD in bioengineering and updating me, then I know it's very rewarding. Just last summer I had the parents of a student who shadowed me thank me for helping their son choose a pathway of bioengineering and, and solidifying that. So those are very rewarding indications that this is a good program.
0: Congratulations. So Dr. Mara, thank you for joining us today and sharing with us your vision and your successes in this important area. We thank the Mayo Institute for Regenerative Medicine that sponsors this podcast series, and we welcome comments from our listeners. You can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. Until we meet again, thank you for listening.